there's this evil critic that they want to impress and then he finds out that he's a rat and oh wait there's actually but then there's somebody else who's like a rat but he's a person he's (laughs) 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 because he's like he's mean and he wants to take over the restaurant and who is this a rat or a person (laughs) person he was the chef i think and then wait and then <laughs> he finds out that yeah he's he's the chef at Gusto's it, it, the his name is Skinner he's played who's by Ian Who's explaining this plot? I'm talking about ethics. You, you've patented it and packaged it and slapped it on a plastic lunchbox and now sell it. You want to sell it well? The same. <laughs> I'm Woody. Howdy, howdy, howdy. They'll soon be back and in greater numbers. Any friend of Olive's is a friend of our daughter. I am really close on this one. Really, really close. Let's watch my favorite part again. Shall we? Hello, I'm Daniel. And I'm Amanda. And you're listening to Scenes from a Marriage, a film and entertainment podcast in which we, as a married couple, watch movies about food and cooking and chefs and rats. And the highly competitive cutthroat world of fine dining. Underdogs making their way to the top, top dogs falling to the bottom. This is all part of it. We're talking about the Pixar... Animation Studios film Ratatouille. Ratatouille. Oh, Ratatouille, <laughs> if you're not so good on the French import words. This is a movie I think probably most people that will be listening to this episode have seen. I feel like it's not one of the more obscure ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So hopefully, uh, something we're going to spoil, we'd just be able to talk about it freely. Something that's been in the cultural consciousness lately, I think. You will recall that last year's Best Picture winner, Everything Everywhere All at Once, prominently featured a <gasps> gag that th- was a throwback that. to Yeah, I was thinking of that. That was, that was really funny. That was good. One of my favorite bits, actually. I know some people had mixed feelings about the, what, Rakakuni or something gag. Oh, it was yeah, it was a raccoon. That, it wasn't a, yeah, yeah, In that yeah. film. But the idea of a rodent underneath someone's hat controlling their actions has now fully uh, soaked into our our consciousness and we it's just now something that we all have a shorthand for we need to make um eleanor ratatouille for uh, i mean remy for halloween it's not bad just get a repair of ears there we go be fine eleanor by the way is uh hopefully now sleeping not (laughs) not so many feet from here partying yeah tossing and turning for uh, it's well past her bedtime at this point um (laughs) But anyway, I'm glad we're able to uh, to find a moment to do this podcast. As parents of young children will know, it's not so easy to carve out a little bit of time and also have some energy left over to, <laughs> to actually talk about a movie, let alone just watch it and fall asleep on the couch mm, while you true. while you do so. But anyway, so we're talking about Ratatouille, and, and you know, obviously, a movie about uh, food and cooking and Paris and fine dining. But we're also going to bring in some other movies about. Food, it feels like, maybe this is just me being kind of out of the loop. It feels like 
this idea is having a bit of a cultural moment, perhaps in part because of the success of The Bear, the oh, TV yeah, show. Oh, yeah, it, it was in yeah, 2022 is when it started, I guess. Yeah. And maybe... Maybe this, I just don't know because cooking shows, I guess, have always been popular and there's been a line cooking of- Cooking shows or cooking movies? Well, well, but like 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 competition shows. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, like the, uh, the Great British Bake Off. Um, right. And everything's Kitchen, cake and whatever. whatever Gordon Ramsay is on. Uh-huh. Yeah. So maybe it's just that I, this is not a particular uh, like interest of mine. And mm-hmm. so I've just kind of ignored all of these shows, but it does feel like with maybe, maybe because of the bear, it feels like this is something that's back on people's Yeah, I don't, I don't minds. normally like watching cooking shows. I actually avoid them because I would like to be eating the food or I would just get frustrated because I couldn't make it like at that moment. So. Well, and it's, I think it's a different style of the reality show sort of thing is different from yeah, the, that's the, boring, the scripted I think. type of, show that or Mm -hmm. or film that we're that we're talking about and these so we we did a little bit of extra digging and we ended up watching a couple of other movies that were about food and i think part of it because was because when we started thinking about how we wanted to structure this ratatouille episode i was thinking oh well one of the things we could do is movies about food and then it hit me that i really don't know that i've seen very many Mm -hmm. Uh, and so we it fell to us to kind of uh broaden the scope of our experience there. And I think we did pretty well. Yeah, I think so. And th- I, th- I mean, I enjoyed all of them. I think we hit upon a number of movies that really do kind of establish a... It's like some overlapping or... Um, yeah, you know, like a like a I, template for this mm-hmm. subgenre. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that these movies tend to look at is the push and pull between food as fuel, something that's necessary for us day to day by virtue of our physical makeup and food as art, that we have the ability and the drive to take something that in its basic function just keeps us alive. And we have a we take it and we elevate it in a way that also allows us to fulfill other desires that might be higher up on our hierarchy of needs, whether that's something to do with purpose or belonging or creative expression. This is something that is unique to us as humans and maybe a few special members of the rodent family. I can't cook, but you can, right? Look, don't be so modest. You're a rat for Pete's sake. Are you thinking what I'm thinking? We just need to work out a system so that I do what you want. Stop that! Stop what? Stop that! Clicking me out! I want to make things, Dad. Stay away from the humans. It's dangerous. Now shut up and eat your garbage. How did you do that? Just once in a life. Let's do this thing! Man knows a moment. You gotta taste this! You detect that? An oaky nuttiness? Oh, I'm detecting nuttiness. We hate to be rude, but we're friends. I have a secret. I have a rash. You have a rash? He's toying with my mind, taunting me with that rat. So there, of course, I'm talking about Remy, the rat and the quote-unquote little chef at the center of Ratatouille. And this is a movie from 2007. Oh, wow, 2007. I was thinking 2014, but that was one of the other movies we watched. Okay. We're going we're gonna to have a, a couple of 2014 films that we're going to talk about in conjunction with Ratatouille. But yeah, the 2007 was the release for this. So 
Uh, we got a lot to talk about. Hope you brought your appetite, Amanda. This episode was your idea. Why did you want to talk about Ratatouille? Well, I, I, remember, I remember you saying that you liked it. Um, and then also Eric, my brother, said it was one of his favorite movies. And I, I think this was like a few years ago. And I was kind of like, oh, I, the first time I watched it, it was okay. But I realized how old was I? I feel like I did this How old were math. you in 2007? Yeah. Or, I don't know if you saw it right when it came out. Well, I feel like, well, even if I did, I, okay, I said I was 16, probably. Okay. Maybe like 16, 17. It's old enough to enjoy it, for sure. But maybe not appreciate it, so I don't know. Maybe, which, you know, is, the, I think we can ask the question, is this one of the Pixar movies that is more oriented towards adults versus I mean, I think so, because I didn't care about food when I was younger, but now that I can actually cook... I think I'm more intrigued by it, but yeah, um, thinking about so you that. Think, you think your cooking or not cooking is a, is a factor in terms of your enjoyment here? I think so. I think I can appreciate what goes into a dish. I mean, not like a chef. I'm not a chef. But I mean, I wanted to watch this movie because we gained a new listener, my coworker Jack, who suggested that we should watch Ratatouille. And then I remembered that you liked it. And I was like, you know what? Why not? It's a great time to be a listener on the podcast because one listener, you know, might change the trajectory of what our episodes are going to be. There we go. Uh Uh-huh. Tune in, which is, it doesn't make any sense for me to say that because if you're listening to this, then (laughs) you're already tuned in. (laughs) Self-defeating, but. (laughs) But uh, we take suggestions for movies now. I feel like it's, this podcast has kind of evolved. Because we want people to be interested in what we're doing and it helps us to be interested if we know that we're talking about something that you're going to have some feedback on or some interaction with. Yeah. But yeah. Do you think this is a, we ask this question sometimes on the pod, is this Hmm. a Daniel movie or an Amanda movie? I mean, I would have said like my gut, I would have said it would be an Amanda movie because it's animated and it's about a little animal. But then it really was a Daniel movie because you're the one who was into it more from the beginning. Yeah, I mean, I think I probably just, until we... Before we kind of suss out our feelings on, I think I probably am more of a champion for this film than yeah. So than I would you. say it would be a Daniel maybe, but now it's a us maybe. Now and it can I, be a Stidham. Maybe. It can be a, a movie that uh, hopefully we we both enjoy. I think I think that's the case. Uh, but so let, let's let's talk about it. And uh, why don't you tell our listeners what the movie is about? What is the plot <laughs> of Ratatouille? Okay, here we and go. And once again, I'm just going to set this expectation at the beginning. I think most people have seen this. If you haven't. Go see it. It's Pixar. You're going to like it. But uh, we are going to spoil the movie. So uh, Spoiler, yeah. the chef is a rat. <laughs> <laughs> Rats, I told them. Um, okay, so. And I would wager this is on Disney Plus if you're trying to stream it. Oh, yeah. And also DVD and Blu-ray. We should get Disney Plus one day. We have a child. Anyway, um, so Ratatouille is about a rat who is, uh, he has a gift in tasting and smelling foods and putting it together and making something great um and he is with his family but he is different in that way because they eat trash um and so he gets separated from his family and he ends up in paris which he didn't realize but he has a love for this chef gustav gusto gusto um and anyway so he has this little ghost gusto over his shoulder talking to him 
And then he... A ghosto, if you will. Yes. <laughs> so there we go. Uh, there we go. So, um, and anyway, so he finds himself in his restaurant and um, he... Happens, Remy finds himself in Gusto's restaurant. Remy finds himself. The, Just Remy to clarify the rat, that, yeah. Sorry. Um, and he accidentally makes a soup really good. And um, the chef... I mean, sorry, he's a trash boy. Um, <laughs> trash boy. He asks the rat to cook for him, with him. And so then they um, journey along cooking together and just trying to, you know, change lives with their delicious meals. And then there's this evil critic that they want to impress. And then he finds out that he's a rat. And, oh, wait, there's actually, but then there's somebody else who's like a rat, but he's a person. He's, because <laughs> he's like, he's mean and he wants to take over the restaurant. And who is this, a rat or a person? What was this? <laughs> a person. He was the chef, I think. And then, wait, and then <laughs> he finds out that. He's the, yeah, he's, he's the chef at Gusto's. His name is Skinner. He's played by Ian Who's explaining this plot? I, I was trying. Do you want me to wait till the end to hang out, to hang any details? I will. I will. I will I'm just I kidding. Will wait. Anyway, so then Linguini, who is the one who's cooking with a rat under his head. I'm sorry, not under his head, under his hat. Um, <laughs> that would be awkward. Um, anyway, he is Gusto's son. That so anyway, then the restaurant becomes his, and then there's a girl in it that he likes, but whatever. And then she teaches them how to. <laughs> this is horrible. Cut all this out. Anyway. I'm so not doing it. It's, every word is going in. But anyway, so then basically Remy is a great chef and then he gets his own place. The end. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> How did I do? <laughs> in the words of Donald, du- no, Donald, Duck, Daffy Duck, we had some pronoun trouble. I think I think there, <laughs> there may have been some moments where it's confusing as to who was who and who was a rat. But 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 <laughs> everyone's a rat. Everyone's a rat. Everybody, everybody. But okay, <laughs> he wants to be a rat. Okay. The the rats in the kitchen. Right. The rats in the, the, rats kitchen, in the kitchen and the silver yeah. spoon, little boy. Okay, sorry. Okay. <laughs> a classic fish out of water story, right? Or a rat out of sewer story. Rat out of sewer, a rat in a place that he ought not be, a Mm -hmm. kitchen, right? Mm -hmm. A rat in a kitchen will get you shut down. Yeah. Hey, do you remember that time we went to San Francisco and then we were eating outside and there's a little mouse running around? I sure do. You do? Mm -hmm. I wasn't freaked out. I thought it was cute. We were were outside. Okay, but what if that mouse was inside? How would we feel? I don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't love it. A mouse is also not a rat. Okay, but think about this. What if we were in the restaurant and then the chef looks at his hat and there's a mouse on his head? I think at that point, my the, the pendulum swings all the way over into admiration okay. because there's something incredible going on there. And I don't know if I want to eat the food, but I am interested in the process. <laughs> Sorry, I digress. Go ahead. Let's I think let's make this whole thing a digression because I, I don't know if there's a linear way to talk about this at okay. this at this point. Um yes. So classic fish out of water story. Remy is in the kitchen. He shouldn't be, but he's got this gift. And so he, you know, uh, he wants to cook and, and, and he is a, 
He's a disciple of this of Gusto, the original owner of the restaurant, now departed, who wrote a book called Anyone Can Cook. And so this this inspires Remy because by his station, by his birth, he ought not to be able to do this. But because he has these, you know, this elevated sense of uh, of smell and taste, uh, it's something that he has a gift for, and he wants to be able to use it. And so his this idea of Gusto's spurs him on towards, uh, well, this along with just being kind of in the right place at the right time because he he didn't you know, know he was in Paris. Uh, he didn't. He was on the. Well, he was in kind of like the outskirts, right? His he was book somewhere. Was literally a lifeline in more ways than one. Mm-hmm. Which, is, which is something else that the, that the movie is about, which is literacy and educating yourself. You know, that's an early bit where he, you know, he's talking to his brother and they're, they're infiltrating the old lady's house to try to find spices and things mm-hmm. to, to use, which they're not supposed to be there's because they're forbidden to be there. And uh, he's you know, talking about the books and saying, you know, uh, his, his brother says, Oh, do you, you're reading? Like, does does dad right. know? <laughs> and Remy says, "Well, they could fill a book with things dad doesn't know, and they have, which is why I read." And so he's <laughs> a this voracious knowledge seeker as well as somebody. But but he's gotten he doesn't have any experience, and he's gotten up kind of he has an inflated idea of his own importance as well because the 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 ghosto mm. keeps telling him you know, well, don't be dismissive of Linguini, who looks like he's just a trash boy. Maybe he's something else, you know? Yeah. Um, and it's kind of ironic that Remy, who is himself an outcast, doesn't have the same... He's a trash boy. Well, he doesn't have the same space for for thinking well of other people in the mm-hmm. beginning, and so yeah. he has to kind of mm-hmm. learn that as well uh, as, he become, as he takes a place in a kitchen. But anyway, maybe, so there's a lot to talk about, I guess, in the movie. I kind of just... Let's maybe just go through and talk about the things that we liked about it, mm-hmm. and uh, we'll go from there. Did you have a Did you have a favorite scene or a favorite bit that uh, that really stood out to you? I mean, I love the initial him cooking with him cooking with Remy in the kitchen when he's like pulling him every which way, mm-hmm. and I was cracking up. I forgot how funny that scene was. Um, and he's like lifting everything to his hat for him to smell. Yeah. And yeah, that's hilarious. That was that was one of my favorite parts. Cause and he just looks ridiculous, ridiculous. Yeah, to everybody. Yeah. What about you? Well, you? You saying I forgot how funny it was really describes my experience with the film a mm-hmm. lot because I feel like when I'm when I'm in between viewings, if it's been a while since I've seen it, I kind of forget why I like it so much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And what, because I think it doesn't have like, okay, it has one big set piece and that is the, the very end where Ego tries the Ratatouille mm-hmm. and has this kind of revelation, right? That's like the big kind of tearjerker right. scene. Aside from that, the film is composed of more kind of smaller sequences. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think, well, at least compared to something like, I don't know, like a, an Incredibles or something. Like, it, yeah, there's not a lot of big. Like, I mean, it's one big plot, I guess. Like, I, I even forgot that there was a girl that Linguini liked. Like that. Yeah, just Colette, the, the Colette, one girl in the yeah. kitchen. She's tough because nails. She's the only girl that's been able to make it in the kitchen or whatever. Yeah, but I like. I forgot that she was even. I mean, it's been so long since I'd seen the movie. Anyway, um, played by Gian Garofalo, who provides the voice. Uh, I like that character a lot. 
Yeah, I, I really like Tricky. Oh, actually, when we didn't even talk about when did you first see this movie? I saw it when it came out or just after because uh, I remember seeing this in college and it was at the Dollar Theater, which means it was second run. So it was right after the initial theatrical run that I saw it. And I remember not really thinking, not having m- many expectations for it because I'd seen the previews. They didn't really look like much. I was like, what's this movie about a rat? I, I can't even remember why I went. Maybe somebody wanted me to go. But... Uh, you know, I, but I, I loved it. I was, I was, uh, I was so surprised at how, how great I thought that it was, even though it was just like write a movie about a rat. Hmm. Yeah. So I, I remember seeing it then, and I've watched it a few times, probably in the, in the interim. But it's not like I'm going back to it every year or anything. What did you like the most about it for the first time? If you can remember your some of your thoughts. I think I really related to Remy's kind of uh idea of just oh i i feel like i have this thing that i want to do and it doesn't feel like it's possible to do it but you know maybe it is i think i related to the idea that the uh a great artist can come from anywhere that it doesn't necessarily have to be anyone you know, can art well it is <laughs> i think we, you know food as art i think is a yeah. big mm-hmm. through line in these types of movies i think it's in chef it, it, mm-hmm. it, you know, you treat food as art. I think it's in the menu. The menu. Mm-hmm. So, the you know, I related to it not as food sp- per se, but as whatever other art that I might be interested in. Oh, I do remember when we were watching this movie. I mean, the first time I saw it, I can't remember where it was, but I just know that I watched it and I can't remember if I liked it or not. I probably thought it was okay, but I don't, I feel like I would have remembered if I really liked it. Like when we talked about it years later and I was like, oh, it didn't really do much for me. But I remember being um, really anxious when we watched it this mm-hmm. time because... Oh, really? Well, not really anxious, but you know how I am with movies where they're doing something that they could get caught. It just makes me feel like tense. Like when the rats are in oh, the Oh, like kitchen. when they're trying to sneak in and steal food from the yeah, kitchen. Yeah, when, like, like when he's doing something that he shouldn't do. And I'm just like, no. Nah. <laughs> um, but I did like the scene where all the rats were in the kitchen cooking. I thought that was hilarious too. And that they just like went with it. Like when Colette walked in. I think I remember, I remember the scene where, uh, Remy takes the, the letter, I think it is, or the will. Oh yeah. And he was running through the street and uh-huh. Skinner's chasing him. Mm-hmm. And then he, he makes a jump and he uses the, he uses the paper as like a wing or like a glider. To kind of, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. There's that kind of, it's like, it's, it's an action movie in that way, but in, but again, on a very small scale, on kind of a modest scale. And I think that's part of what works for it. I think that it, it doesn't try to be too outlandish, but it lets, it lets the characters be cartoony enough that you, you like it, it, if the, if the characters were too human or too like, realistic then you wouldn't believe mm-hmm. some of the stuff like you know him pulling on the guy's hair to make him move his arm and right, and right. Mm-hmm. but uh, it's it's just enough that it it's still like it has that distance from reality um to to, to where you can kind of buy some of those uh those action sequences mm-hmm. but not so much that i like it still almost seems like it does, like it takes place in paris like the backgrounds are really realistic the water is really yeah, realistic yeah it's really it's a really beautiful movie actually but i also like that they well, not like it, just because it's a Pixar movie, people would be okay with a rat cooking, but that they were still like, you know, 
seeing a rat in the kitchen, they were like, oh no. And then what's his name? You said Skinner. Is that? Skinner is the the chef. Yeah. <laughs> he was trying to catch Linguini with Remy the whole time. And he was like lifting up his hat and he wasn't there or like in the alley. And- See, that was another subplot that I forgot about, which is that Skinner becomes more and more obsessed with catching <laughs> Linguini and he becomes more of like a conspiracy nut about it. Uh-huh. I, I love that part. That, that, subplot. that was really funny. Yeah. So I, I like that they did that. Um, I was going to ask, you know, so I, I don't have any particular problems with rats in the sense that like, it's like, I'm not scared of rats. Like I don't want a rat in my kitchen. I don't want it in my house, No, yeah. but I'm not like terrified of a rat. I think people who have a fear of rats and mice, even though these are cartoons, there might be some scenes that would send some shivers up their spines. Like, <laughs> like should we ask my mom? Well, when, like when they're like when in the beginning when they're running out of the lady's house or or when the inspector comes, yeah, and there's just yes. like these and like it's kind a of horde of rats. it's a horde. It's like it's like a wave of rats, honestly. It is, and I think that could I think that gives some people the creeps. Mm-hmm. I was going to ask you, but but you know, Remy obviously is a cartoon. He's pretty cute, and he, he doesn't the, even he, look like rat. He's like a mouse. He kind of looks like he a does mouse. the little mimes, like all the facial expressions, like when he's in, in the jar, mm-hmm. you know, and he's like, "Did his you just, did hands. you just nod at me?" And he mm-hmm. nods and did the, uh, you know, it, it's it's a cute creation. But mm-hmm. I wonder. At what point would you, could you have a, um, at what point would it be too gross for the movie to work? Like, I mean, he washed all of his rat family in the, that thing. That what he, if it wasn't rats? What if it was cockroaches? Ew, no, I would, I wouldn't like that. It wouldn't work. Like what dish has the word cockroach in it? <laughs> <laughs> that, silly me, I didn't think of that one. <laughs> I mean, I can't think of anything. But no, definitely not. You you know that I hate cockroaches. Those are my least favorite. Well, I know that's what I'm saying. But like a rat is a vermin, and I feel like some people would have that re- same reaction to a ra- to rats being in the kitchen that we would you and I would have to a cockroach. So I wonder. I, know, I wonder they, if they, they could if those, animate anything and make people. it cute. Well, and they did it in, in Wall-E one year later. There was a cockroach character in that movie. But was he cooking for people? Uh, no, he eats a Twinkie. Oh, he does. I don't remember that. I probably thought it was cute. This was the this was the most beautiful water animation I'd ever seen in an in a uh, an animated film up to this point. And I, you know, Pixar was getting really good by this time. And and this was again this was the year before Wall-E, which I think was kind of in some ways a high watermark of the early part of their career in terms of just the the beauty of the visuals. But Ratatouille was right there with that that water was was pretty impressive. How would you feel if how would you feel if there was a spider cooking under his hat? Right. See, this is what I'm saying. This is what I'm talking to you about. The <laughs> fact that you could go to, you could take the vermin thing so far that it would no longer work no matter how cute they made it. And I think for me, you know, for me, obviously, if I'm seeing, if I've got spiders in a restaurant, I can't deal with that. Basically, this maybe, <laughs> if your mom was watching it, she couldn't do a spider under that. If my mom was watching, she couldn't see Ratatouille. Because, Has your mom seen Ratatouille? I don't know. I'll have to ask. Denise, if you're listening to this, watch it. <laughs> I really want to know if they. I do want to know if they've anthropomorphized the rats enough that people with rat phobia—I don't know what you call that. I'm curious because she doesn't like mice. Sure, a lot of people don't. Hmm. Interesting. Oh, there was something in the movie which I know we're going to talk about um, comparing this movie to others, but we did talk about the bear earlier. But Colette says every second counts, and that's something from the bear. That's a big. 
So she says the word and then she says the same phrase that they use in the bear. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's like, that's what they have on their wall because every second counts. Hmm. I guess guess it's a chef thing. I guess. I See, this is a world I know nothing about except through movies like this. It's very exciting though. It's very mm -hmm. exciting. It makes me wonder what the relationship is to reality. Because, you know... Like Like how close this is to... Well, like a lot of us, the only thing we know about lawyers in a courtroom is court mm-hmm. movies, mm-hmm. which are apparently not very Legally much like blonde. life at all. Right. Yeah. Like, like they're, that's not how courtrooms and trials work. Mm-hmm. So I wonder, doctor shows, I wonder, is there any, is there, what's the similarity to how things actually work in like a high end restaurant kitchen? Do you know any chefs? Do we know any chefs? Um, I have known people who have worked in restaurants, if that's what you mean, but huh. I'm curious now. Yeah. I have to find a chef and ask. Let's uh let's get Ashley Christensen on the line. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mentioned the I mentioned the the big uh, set piece at the the end, which, and I think this was before, this was before Pixar went all into, hey, we're gonna make you we're gonna make you cry we're gonna make you ball every movie. Ugh. I think they started in Up when Worst. everybody had that reaction to that montage at the beginning of Up. After that, it was like now we got Coco and yeah, you know, every love time they make people ugly cry. I don't. I think. I don't think Ratatouille was doing that per se. I mean, it it definitely did it to me. I it has I got, some moments, and the big one is again the Anton moment at the end. Yeah, with the Ratatouille, no, I, but I got emotional. Yeah, when he was when the critic was eating the food, and then also, I mean, not as emotional, but when Linguini stood up for Remy, and then we saw that Remy's dad was watching, and that was just really sweet. But definitely the when, uh, the critic ate the food, and it took him back to his. Um, when his mom made him ratatouille, I was like, <laughs> I don't know if it's because I'm a parent or what, but no, it's just a really effective moment. It is, and know how it, to do it. And it, I, I know that the moment, I know that it's coming now, and it still gets me. Mm-hmm. But the one that other moment also was just as powerful. I think was the point where, where he lets the kitchen know what's going on, and mm-hmm. and there, it looks like they're going to stand with him, and then oh, yeah. the one chef walks out. And then they all lock out. So sad. And yeah, that's so sad. That's a, that's a tough one. But but again, it's good. It, it's still not like yeah. Because it, it still doesn't feel like manipulative. Stayed, it's just part of the story. It wouldn't have been as good because you're like, oh yay, there wouldn't have been that pull for feeling bad for Linguini. But anyway, mm-hmm. I've talked a little bit about this, so uh, maybe, I don't know how much more we need to say about it. But what what do you think the the message is? What is it trying to communicate? Anyone can cook. <laughs> no. Sure, right. I mean, it's kind of packaged, right? It's prepackaged. The anyone can cook, but there is a trust I think, your trust your rat friends. <laughs> Keep them close under your hat. That's what it's about. <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, okay. Well, let me ask you this. What? What? Because uh, I think there's a little bit of a shift in the understanding of what is meant by anyone can cook throughout, right? And in the big final monologue, Anton Ego, the critic, explains that he had a change of his understanding as to what Gusto was getting after, which is not that anyone can be great, but that greatness can come from anywhere, right? So that, mm-hmm. in other words, your, you know, your station, uh, your low birth or whatever it might be, or your outsider status doesn't prevent you from potentially being 
great at, a, at, at something. And I think that's a message that or a lot of people want to Or even just like hear. learning. Like, or learning. I mean, well, I, I feel like I can kind of relate to this because I feel like I was like linguine before. I had never cooked. I mean, this is solely just talking about cooking, not like the broad sense that I can do anything, whatever. But yeah, I, I didn't start cooking until maybe college, after college, actually. And now I feel like I can make some pretty good food. I'm not a chef. But you've made some pretty great, you've made some incredible cakes. Yeah, cakes, baking. But I, and I think that, I mean, Linguini wasn't, I think it's good that he was open. To, I mean, but then in the end, it's like he wasn't like, oh, I was cooking. It was really, it was really Remy. But he did learn things from Colette. And I think that because he was open to it and he wasn't like, oh, I can't do it. And he just kind of like hardened himself to it. Interesting the kind of contrast there because the the chef Remy who's gifted came from nothing, mm-hmm. but Linguini who's not gifted is Gusto's son. So he oh, yeah, actually yeah. comes from royalty in mm-hmm. a sense. But he should know how to cook. But I mean, it's it's not. It might not. Just but they're saying you know that's not where that comes from. Uh huh. Oh, the other thing I wanted to mention. You said what uh, what appealed to me about the movie initially. Mm-hmm. One of the things was, even though it's a rather small thing, was the visual depiction of a phenomenon known as synesthesia. Oh, the colors. Which and... it was not, it's not named in the movie, but it's it's explained a little bit by Remy, where mm-hmm. he says, you know, he he not only he t- he tastes something and then he feels like he can see mm-hmm. something or you know there's like there's a there's a melding of senses on some level which i have maintained for some time that is true of me in at least a small way really i feel like i have a i feel like i have a minor case of synesthesia in that i have a seemingly inextricable mental link between certain like letters and numbers and colors that when okay. I, uh, and, and the words and things that have, have colors in my mind. And this actually caused me some problems in college because I was taking classical guitar as a minor and I was trying to learn to play and read off of the sheet. And they would, you would have, you would have, uh, numbers that you were supposed to use that indicated which finger you were using to pluck the string, like mm-hmm. one, two, three, four fingers. But you would also have, of course, the the notes, which are indicated by letters, A, B, C, D, and so on. And so sometimes I would get bound up because I would, it would be like, you need to use finger two, but you're hitting an E. And for me, finger two was red and E was green. And so if I was using finger two, I might want to hit a D because D is red in my mind. And so they had the same color. And it was like those, yeah. those associations were so kind of tight that they helped or they actually hurt me in that sense. So but, really you should have just thought Christmas. That, you know, that's what I, I, I should just quit. The, that's basically what I The was, red and the green. Okay. No, but that's very interesting. I feel like I remember you talking about how numbers are colors or something. Have we talked about how like months are shaped in a weird... Did you talk to me? Yeah, we talked about that too. That my, I have a, a weird mental calendar that's all kind of out of whack. It's shaped yeah, strangely. Yeah, these are, these are wild things that our brains do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But we don't often think to try to illustrate them. And this film at least does something with that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'd never seen that done before. Like that he tried to get his brother to do it, and then he was like, nah, I just can't. I'm going back to trash. Mm-hmm. 
the, the role of so one of the things that were uh, is in a lot of these movies is is the critics, right? The 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 food, the restaurant, the chef uh, lives and dies at the hands of these powerful food critics. Mm-hmm. Again, I don't know how true this is to reality, but we know Michelin is a real thing. Mm-hmm. When we get to Hundred Foot Journey, uh, they right. they have a Michelin star and they're trying to get a second one. What, what do you make of the the role of criticism as portrayed in Ratatouille? Clearly, the critic is the uh, antagonist, and mm-hmm. then as he, well, at the end of the movie, he revises his ways a little bit. I mean, like, are you saying do you, in these chef movies, they, they it kind of seems like they pin the chef and the critic against each other instead right. of it doesn't necessarily feel like the chef is delighted to cook something for the critic just to make them happy. It's more about like. I want, I don't want them to ruin me. So I have to, I just have to make something amazing so that I can stay in business, but then also so that I can have a good review and people will know. But actually what Remy does is he does cook to delight him. Like he knows, how did he know that Ratatouille would be? How indeed? I don't Did they, did they tell us? No, I don't think so. Huh? It's but like it's his intuition, I guess. Knows. But yeah, but he cooks him something that, you know, touches his soul basically. Right. But yeah, I don't I don't know if that all answers your question, but I just feel like they make the critics seem evil. They're just doing their job. <laughs> well, and this one more so than some of the others, right? Well, not, it, they aren't all just doing their job. They do, some of them do seem to try to tear chefs down. Well, in in this case Again, we are talking about a cartoon where things are exaggerated. Mm-hmm. The critic is, I mean, he literally, his it, office is a, a coffin. coffin. Yeah. Uh-huh. And he is not merely writing criticism. He is incensed when he finds out that Gusto's has reopened because mm-hmm. he thought mm-hmm. that, or maybe not reopened, but that it's doing well yeah. or whatever. Because it's like his he, life he purpose felt to that, murder each business. He felt that his criticism should have relegated it to obscurity right mm-hmm. so this is and i feel like it's it's easy for a a filmmaker an artist to feel maybe attacked by critics and mm-hmm. then to portray the critic as a villain mm-hmm. that is a that's something you see somewhat often and it's not really something that sits that well with me because it seems a little bit maybe petty uh maybe not if you're you know if you if your life rides on it but like if i have a criticism it, it maybe is is that which ironically i'm playing the critic here i guess i kind of sit they make a i critic, sit a little bit maybe? on anton side on anton's side as well as on remy's side should they make a a movie about critics where they're just Maybe we should see something like that. There's probably something out there already. Probably. Critics were there, the heroes. I wonder what that would look like. I have no idea. I was trying to come up with it in my head, but I couldn't. Maybe it could be like Dr. Death where the chefs are trying to kill people. (laughs) And then they give bad reviews so that people don't get killed. Would you watch a movie like that? Could be interesting. That was good enough. Yeah, sure. It's a well-written monologue that they give him. But the part where it says, you know, we... We risk very little 
uh, and we enjoy writing negative criticism. I think this can be true of some people, but I doubt that it's the majority. I think most people who are critics of something are that because they love that particular thing mm-hmm. and they want it to be good. You know, you don't get into food criticism because you hate food. You don't get into movie criticism because you hate movies. But the critics change the chef's life. And, and I'm, thinking, I'm thinking right now about the menu mm-hmm. where that woman, uh, she was the critic. Um, and then uh, in Chef, the other critic, he, he blew up at him at his table. Yeah, so maybe let's go ahead and bring in these some of these movies because yeah. we've been hinting at it a lot. So uh, we we wanted to to look at some other food movies because we didn't we hadn't seen a lot. We wanted to kind of see what, maybe what they have in common, and so we watched three other movies about food and about cooking. They mm-hmm. are Chef, which is the 2014 hangout dramedy from John Favreau. We watched The Hundred Foot Journey also from 2014, about an Indian family that relocates to a French village and opens an eatery right across from a restaurant with a Michelin star. It stars uh, Helen Mirren is the owner of the restaurant. And then also the menu from 2022, I think it is, or maybe it was last year. Uh, no, 2022. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, thriller satire on kind of elitist food culture stars Anya Taylor-Joy and Ray Fine. So those were the ones that we kind of visited to to think about what a, what a, what a movie about food looks like yeah and we found a lot of similarities didn't we there were there were a lot of things in common definitely so there's we're, we're discovering a template for this subgenre mm-hmm. and one of the things so we came to this through the in fact actually all four of these movies a a critic plays a pivotal role and is at least i think kind of portrayed antagonistic as yeah, as as an, as an antagonist, mm-hmm. there's there's some exceptions to that which I don't want to spoil. But essentially, that's the way it's that's the way it's played. You don't want to spoil which movie? All chef. Oh, chef. Yes. Okay. Where, where there's a there's an there's an evolution of the of that critic character, but uh, well, there was in Ratatouille as well. That's true, but it, it's they it's set did up the same thing. Uh, kind of, yeah. So that that was one of the things that is in all these food movies is the is there's there's a critic that's it's either out to it's either a one person who embodies it and is out to kind of get them or in the case of the hundred foot journey it's just the, say, the yeah, faceless Michelin yeah, right mm-hmm. folks yeah. yeah that one that wasn't as much like critics it was just they needed that star right but it is it is someone external to them who is awarding them that star and they mm-hmm. do they go to great lengths to get it they do yeah so some of the other do you want me to kind of go through some of the other similarities? Yeah, go ahead. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we can kind of... So in three out of four of these, the protagonist is an outsider, um, Remy and the Indian family and... Uh, Hassan, yeah. Or the Hassan, yeah, exactly. Hassan, Hassan, yeah. And then uh, Taylor Joy's character, who is not really even supposed to be there. She's right. not a foodie. She's just the plus one for this guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so these characters have unique... Uh, views into this world because they're you know because they, they're coming from outside of it. Um, in in several, in most of them, the protagonist is uniquely gifted. They think that you know cooking is their kind of you know their their gift, their their drive in the world. Um, two out of four of them take place in France or have uh, Paris as a setting. Oh, Ratatouille um, and the Hundred Foot Journey. Yes. Mm-hmm. Three out of the four have a father son dynamic. Remy with his dad. Yep, Ratatouille chef. Chef is big on that. Mm-hmm. Also, the 
the um, hundred foot journey. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. John Leguizamo is in two of these four movies. Oh my enough. goodness, he's everywhere. He just he just pops up everywhere. We just watched him in Violent Night not too long ago. Yeah, that's right. Uh, I mean, I love that guy though. So he can yeah, show up every time he wants. I'd... Okay, well, seems like Prim's making an appearance here. Okay. And there's also this idea of kind of a class warfare, I think, between what people perceive as really elitist kind of. Uh, you know, what, what do you think of gourmet dining? You don't normally think of something, at least, I don't know, maybe coming from where we come from, you don't normally think of something that you're just excited to eat. You think of something that's really small portions, yeah. right? And mm-hmm. it's really just kind of, maybe it's too kind of out there for its own good. Well, like the dipping sauce without the bread in the menu. Right, well, I mean, of all of these, the menu is the one that's the most riffing on this idea. Like they're really yeah, kind of yeah. skewering that whole. <laughs> that's wild. Thought, Yeah. They're taking that to its extreme to satirize mm-hmm. it, and and then when and, and uh, contrasting that is there's usually a there's a back to basics kind of a food like mm-hmm. in the ratatouille. Uh, I don't necessarily want to. Well, I don't think this is spoilers to say in Chef that he because the whole second half of the movie is him basically getting a food truck. I mean, I think the cover is him in a food truck. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, so he ends up you know, he comes out of this restaurant and ends up doing Cuban sandwiches mm-hmm. because that's. But again, these are all these are like you know. These are not street foods, but like... Like soul food. I, mean, that, I don't know. It's like a family... Something like, that relates to where you come from. Yeah, like a... But like it's traditional. It's simple. It's mm-hmm. not like, you know, obscure ingredients or anything like that. Mm-hmm. It's like it's, some, it's, it's something that you know is good because you've grown up with it or you've made it so many times. Yeah, it's... It's not something that's, that's, uh, that's exotic or, you know, exciting. It's not going to push the limits. It, right, You're yeah. just trying to make this really simple thing as good as you possibly can make it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So there's, did you find any other similarities between these? Those were the ones I, I pulled out. I mean, similarity with the 100-foot journey and Ratatouille, their little love interests cooking together. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yep. I mean, that's just a small... Did anybody... Um, did their mom or dad die? I mean, I know in the hundred foot journey, his mom died, mm-hmm. but were there the any mom. family deaths? In no, th- well, not in Ratatouille. I mean, uh, the mom is not around. They, they right? never, yeah, the mom's. They not never around. reference her. Where's the mom? Oh well, actually, Linguini's mom is. Well, maybe she's still around, but Gusto, his dad, is dead. He just never knew it was his dad. True. I don't think that but really plays in the menu. Luke, yeah, but it's interesting though that the that's a, an absent mom, um, yeah, in Ratatouille. So, I, I mean, I, I was kind of surprised because I we just we picked not really at random, but kind of just like things that we thought were food movies that came to our mind, mm-hmm. and the fact that they had so many similar elements was was interesting because I think you could go a lot of ways with. You know, I mean, that's a pretty broad topic, right? Yeah. They're all enjoyable too. I mean, I know I watched the hundred foot journey before you or like years ago and I really liked it except this time. I think watching the other chef movies before it, it made me not like it as much. Maybe I just thought it was too long and a little bit cheesy, but um, still good. Yeah. Which, uh, which one of these was your favorite besides Ratatouille of the other ones you watched? I would say chef. Mm. Definitely. Um, I love the relationship with the dad and the son, and I love the whole, I mean, as you described before, 
before the um like the whole middle of the movie maybe it was just like middle to the end was just like vibes in the yeah, truck yeah. and i love that i just thought it was so good in that um it was funny that they i mean it was in what 2014 but they were really leaning into like twitter that was like in, a main, in vine in vine that was a throwback it had to be made in a very particular time because Vine had a relatively short shelf life as these things go. Yeah, man, I loved Vine. That, I, it's like I barely remember it, but it's like MySpace. Were you on Vine? Did you make Vines? I I didn't make... Mm, no, I don't think I made Vines. I watched them. I thought they were good. I mean... What's the best Vine? I, I remember... I mean, people that got famous from it... I, well, I don't know if they got famous from this, but, you know, I follow... Um, what is it? Matt... Cutshall and Ariel Vandenberg. Vandenberg? Oh, I remember Ariel, yeah. Yeah, but they I think they like got famous from Vine. They were out there doing it. Was it back at it again with the white vans? Was that Vine? I think so. Yeah, wasn't it? I, I don't I I you know, Vine for me was like TikTok. I just found I saw it secondhand from Well other- it's like I can barely remember now because it's it was taken over by TikTok and Instagram and you know. Right, no, it... Uh, but he, the boy was talking about the one-second videos, mm-hmm. which my friend Emily uh, did that with her, like with Claire growing up, her daughter. Yeah. Yeah, and so I hadn't heard about it from that, or until her, but then um, I thought it was really cute. I liked that uh, relationship with the dad and the son. And the food looked really good. Yeah, you know, and I don't even, I don't even really like... Cubans? Yeah, me neither. Because I don't I'm not big on pickles. But <laughs> okay. I would have eaten that Cuban. I would I would have eaten it. Yeah. Which one did you like the best? Which maybe? Uh also Chef, I think. Mm-hmm. Which is interesting because it's not necessarily my vibe. Like the menu would be more my vibe usually because mm-hmm. it's more of a thriller horror kind of adjacent thing. Mm-hmm. Uh but I thought I thought Chef was more successful in doing what it set out to do. I it was just really it's just a really fun time with the movies yeah. like it's just like i like that it was different settings too yeah because the menu is just like one place and that's you know mm-hmm. I, I mean i really love the i love the, the ray fine performance in in the menu but uh i don't know if the rest of it was as uh you know as great to me necessarily i mean it was it was uh it was different but also in chef there's a there's a lot of actors and actresses like well-known ones i was kind of surprised yeah, well, and, and, you know, so, Favreau had directed Iron Man at this point already, yeah. so he had a lot of connections. Yeah, Sofia Vergara, Scarlett Johansson, John Legu... How do you say his name? Leguizamo. Leguizamo. Robert Downey. Yep. Robert Downey Jr. Made, a, made an appearance. Dustin Hoffman. That's true. I was surprised to see Amy him. Amy Sedaris. Oh, also, um, the critic, Oliver Platt, mm-hmm. he um, is also in The Bear. He, oh, really? Yeah, he is Uncle Jimmy. He's um, Carmi's uncle, yeah. And he, he's like the one that lends them a lot of money, but he plays a big role in The Bear. But I thought that was interesting. It is. Him being in these chef movies, show movie. And we will go there soon. I wanted to make one more observation while we're talking about the casts, which is that when I saw Ratatouille for the first time, I had no idea who Patton Oswalt was. Yeah, same. And I don't know how famous he was in 2007. Like, did, did, I don't, like. I don't know what I would have known him. Like, I can't, like, I, like was this stunt um, casting or was it just kind of like, oh, he has got a good voice and so we're going to, we're going to use him. 
for for a long time it was just he was just the voice of Remy to me. Yeah. I always thought it was a great choice. But I didn't know I didn't know about him otherwise. You didn't know that he was gonna be an AP bio. No, or that's, that's all I know him from. Well, no, not that's not all. I mean, he's just like a stand-up comic, but the oh, and, he was in King of Queens. I never saw that. I know that was just like a TV shows, whatever. But there's a, there's a decent list of of famous people doing voices in Ratatouille, and I don't think any of them really seem like like oh we're, we've got a famous person for this. Like they all seem to be cast just for the vibe that they bring, and not because they're a, a name. You know, mm-hmm. you know, he was also in Bojack. Yes. Yeah. 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 Who, who he's, he's, he? he's the, uh, he is the, the penguin who's like the publisher. Oh, okay. Nice. I didn't know that. Honest Bojack. So now that we've brought in all these other movies, I wanted, <laughs> I, and we talked about the things they have in common, especially the, the class warfare and the back to basics food. I wanted to ask what food could a chef make you that would have the kind of impact on you that, that it did for, that Ratatouille did for Anton Ego, what would be your Cuban, your Ratatouille? Well, I feel like, I mean, I feel like it would have to be something that like my parents cooked, but my mom, and she will admit this, is not a good cook. <laughs> <laughs> but there were dishes that that were good. I, or I remember, and I it might have to be, which is kind of funny thinking about it now because it's like her favorite thing to eat, which is... What's her favorite thing to eat? Wait, am I supposed to know this? Yeah. What does she talk about all the time? What does she <laughs> put it in her freezer? What does she go to? Wait, happy cranberry salad? No. Wait, wait, uh, wait, 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 wait. Pot pie? Yes. Chicken pot pie. <laughs> nice. But I think it might have to be chicken pot pie. Or maybe even like, this is really simple, but pizza rolls. A great pizza roll. Those pizza rolls. With a, a chef that put their own spin on it. I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, her- imagine imagine that you take a, a bite of a steaming hot pizza roll, mm-hmm. and then uh, you suddenly uh, there's there's a there's a Hitchcock dolly zoom, and suddenly you're little Amanda, little sitting Amanda, the, yeah. like playing soccer or doing whatever I did, climbing trees. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love it. What about you? What's your food? Is it is it spaghetti? Well, so that was my first thought, but then uh, then I thought, well, that's that's on a lot of menus. Like, you know, people eat spaghetti meatballs and maybe that's not as, maybe that's not special enough. And then maybe it's not unique enough. Well, my food wasn't unique. <laughs> sure it was, but it I, no, I, but I, I was like, well, maybe cause what's the, why does Colette object to Ratatouille or to Remy serving that? She says it's a peasant dish. Oh, mm-hmm. it's not be, and you know, those of us who maybe grew up without like a lot of money, uh, sometimes we were scraping things together to, to, to eat. And, uh, one of the ones I was thinking of that mom used to do for us was, um, a waffle ice cream sandwich. Oh. It was, it was like two like that toasted waffles with ice cream, with like vanilla ice cream in the middle. I think if a chef made a version of that for me, I'd be over the moon. Well, yeah, I think I would be too. It doesn't have to be a childhood memory. I would eat that. Mm-hmm. Might be out there. I thought you were going to say cheese dip. <laughs> Just kidding. Well, <laughs> I mean, there's probably a few of those things, right, that could that could do the trick. That's going to be like the it. appetizer, the cheese dip. I mean, honestly, though, I think you could have a you could have a successful restaurant that had a, a, a waffle ice cream sandwich as a dessert. Oh, yeah. They're probably out there. Maybe we should make one. If you know where to find that in the Raleigh area list. <laughs> I'll, I'll make one. I'll ma- I mean, anyone can cook. That's right. <laughs> Is that what you want for your birthday? <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Well, 
Uh, anything else that you want to say before, about Ratatouille before we rate it? Mm. Oh, I, d- I did like, I was going to say, I did like the little places that he had set up in Linguini's apartment. Then the bigger one, like where you could see the Eiffel Tower. I just thought that was really cute. He had a little bed there and he had it a was. Nice, uh, nice view. That was a fun moment too that he's like, he shows him this little tiny apartment, which, you know, thankfully is at least somewhat realistic because mm-hmm. if you're in Paris, you've probably got a tiny little apartment. Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, it's got a TV. And he goes and like kind of falls asleep on the couch by the TV. But then if you just, if you just move over, Remy's got this window out where he can see like the Eiffel Tower, you know. So, so. cute. Oh, and then the part, <laughs> I forgot what this part is. Funny when he woke up and he's like, oh, he took my eggs. He ran off. He was, and then here he is making omelets, like a, mm-hmm. a linguine sized omelet and then a Remy sized omelet. That was really cute. So rating time. Yep, what are we going to do? Well, we give Ratatouille out of five... Michelin stars? Oh, yeah. The doy. Yeah. <laughs> um, hmm. I think, I don't know, I, I think I would have to... I think, you know what, I'm, I'm going to say four. Four say stars? Four stars. That's good. That's yeah. strong showing. Mm-hmm. What about you? How many Michelin stars? You know, I know I gave it some criticism about the whole critic thing, but... And ultimately, that's immaterial to my enjoyment of the movie. And I've basically decided that it's a five-star movie. <gasps> wow. Uh, there's nothing really wrong with it. It's, it's delightful from beginning to end. I know. I was, I was wondering what my... It's got great music. Mm-hmm. It's got great backgrounds. It's got great voices. It's got a, just a, you know, a, a, the story is extremely well-paced. It's, it's funny. It's moving. It's everything you want in a movie. It is. Man, you make me want to bump it up. I had it at, even though it's like probably one of my top maybe 50 movies, mm-hmm. uh, I had it as like a, you know, five or four and a half, you know, just because it gets like, oh, there's always something that you could improve, whatever. Yeah. That, that was silly. I'm going to give it five stars. I, th- I think I, I think I could give it four and, you know, I think I could give it four and a half stars. I don't know. Maybe I should stick with four because I'm trying to think of my other Pixar movies. I'm not trying to influence you. I'm just telling you, you I, are I, well, I was, I was a little bit worried that, cause we've done this a couple of times where I've watched another one with you again, like one, and I'm like, Oh, maybe that wasn't as great as I thought. Uh, but it was just as great as I remembered. I, I feel like I really loved it, but usually my five star could be like, it's a rewatch, which I would rewatch it. But like, mm-hmm. I'm thinking of other Pixar movies, ones that I like absolutely love and like monsters Inc. Yeah. But it's like, and I think the reason why uh, I really like that, or like the thing that maybe puts it over the edge is there's a lot of quotable lines. In Monsters, Inc. Yeah. And I don't, there aren't a lot of quotable lines, like funny lines in uh, Ratatouille, are there? I mean, I definitely, it's not something that I'm quoting on a regular basis. Right. But then it's like, yeah. I mean, I'm not going to be like, every second counts. I think it's, I think it's very well written, but I don't think it's written in a way that yeah, there's not those really... Like, ca- it's not supposed to be it's, funny. It's not catchphrases right. that you're yeah. just... Yeah. Mm-hmm. But anyway. Yeah, okay. I'll stick with four. I'll do four. Okay. That's solid. I mean, so Remy, big, big Remy would be happy to, to get four Michelin stars. Because you'd only get three. Exactly. Yeah. So we're really... We're, no, we're, <laughs> we're doing him one better. We're doing him one better. Yeah. So I, I think it's absolutely one of the great Pixar movies. And uh, Brad Bird's a great director. Everything that he's done pretty much is something that I, I enjoy. So... Um, thanks for having that conversation and for the impetus to revisit, uh, one of my, one of my favorite films. Nice. And so I did want to then give us a moment to bring in the bear as we're talking about this, because you, again, a popular show, I think it just won uh, a bunch of golden globes or it did. something. I think it did. Yeah. 
and Jeremy, Jeremy Allen White, White has become quite a star off the back of it. Yeah, and then um, I don't know how to pronounce her name. She plays Sydney. Sorry. I haven't watched The Bear, so I can't Sorry comment to that on it. Actress, but, but thought you might she want was to. Wonderful. The Bear. I loved it. It was very fast paced. Um, and I, I like that. I mean, there's a lot of drama in it, but then there's also, it's like a window into like the chef, chef life, I guess. Um, because it's like about this chef who's like the best in the world or I don't, I don't know. As, as it is. Yes. Basically. It's always that, it's always that right? So they're always the best. He's the best. Um, but he, and he comes, I think he comes from a family who loves a good Italian and then his brother who had a restaurant in Chicago, um, he committed suicide. And so he had to take over his brother's restaurant. And so there's just like a lot of emotions about all that. Like he, their relationship wasn't great. And I don't know. I think he just like, you see him go through a lot. Um, and so it's not just about cooking, but then like him trusting, um, another person in the kitchen, which is Sydney, who is the sous, sous chef. And she's a really great chef. Um, and yeah, like them starting a restaurant together, like just revamping that whole restaurant that was trash. Like they had mold and like, it was just like falling apart anyway. And they were, um, they couldn't afford the restaurant. So uncle Jimmy, uh, lends them money and everything, but yeah, it's great. Um, you should watch it. Is it primarily a drama? I think so. I mean, I would, I would assume. Yeah. What kind of a restaurant does he have? What, what kind of foods he cooking? It was, I, I know it was like sandwiches. I mean, like I think of like the Cubans mm-hmm. you're talking about, but that was the, I can't remember what the name of the restaurant was before, but then I think it's not like fine dining. But then they turn it in, like the bear is fine dining. I see. Because he's like a fine dining chef, but he makes amazing food, apparently. Do these these things make you hungry if you're sitting here watching these movies and shows? I mean, yeah. But I think more so the ones that are like, not like the tiny little... Well, actually, the thing that made me really hungry was um, the one who bakes stuff. He's the pastry chef or whatever. His stuff looked really good. Like he was making donuts and he went, I don't know, somewhere and learned how to bake different things. And I was, that's what got me. There's an amazing cheeseburger in the menu that, which is what I left the movie thinking about. That movie must have, must have sold a million cheeseburgers. That was a, that, that cheeseburger looked dank. That cheeseburger was bussin'. <laughs> Do you recommend people check out The Bear if they're into these types of uh, the food? Uh, yeah, scene? definitely. Um, I think they're, I mean, I think they're going to do, it's two seasons um, right now, but I I think I've pretty much binged them. Um, yeah. Go watch it. Watch The Bear. No regrets. No regrets. But like, be prepared to be like a little bit on edge because it's just like, ah. Quickly, let's also just do our segment the nightstand this is a part of the show where we talk about something that maybe we've been watching or reading that's not necessarily the focus of the episode in case we'd like to turn uh, just discuss it briefly uh, amanda what's on your nightstand currently nothing no but i did just finish reading fourth wing like in record time because um 
it came, became available to me at the library. Um, see, since the last podcast, you've read like a hundred books. I've read so many books since November, um, because of getting off of Instagram for a month. And then I was like, I can read, um, fiction books that are, that are recommended by good friends that, uh, share taste, my taste. Um, yeah. And I, I read, um, Eleanor Elephant is completely fine. Mm. So I read that one and then Fourth Wing and I thought it was funny because Eleanor and then the main character in Fourth Wing is Violet. So Eleanor and Violet. Both names are showing up. Yeah, so now I need to find a book with Stidham. Good luck. I know, right? And I don't want to read a biography about some football player or something. Is, is Was it a football? There's a football player now, I think... Uh, I think he's in NFL. This, yeah, I think him. Yeah. But anyway, sorry. Fourth Wing was really good. It was very spicy as people. That's what I heard. But like towards the end it was because I was like, when is, when, where's the spice? Not like I was like, where is it? But I was just curious. <laughs> <laughs> Give us the spice. Um, Jarrett, Jarrett Stidham is the, Jarrett, is the okay. footballer. He play, not the footballer. That's a soccer footballer. person. <laughs> he plays for the uh, Broncos. Okay. Okay. Yeah. No, I won't read his book. He probably doesn't have a book. Um, but yeah, it, it was exciting. It really was a page turner because what? I think I read it from like Tuesday, from like a Tuesday to Sunday. And it was only like at night and during nap times. So that's when you got to do it. <laughs> that's it. And, you know, she's at one nap a day and who knows how long that could be each day. But um, yeah, it was exciting. It's about dragons and, you know, fantasy stuff, whatever. But your favorite. Yeah, I'm sure everybody has heard about it. And if I mean, you I hadn't it, heard about it until... People who like to read, I guess. I guess. People who aren't Philistines. Exactly. Anyway, go read it if you're not afraid of a little bit of spice and you like some action and dragons and stuff. I love a spice. That's why I, that's why I watch movies about food. See, I brought that in. Spice up your life. What's on your nightstand? I've actually seen quite a few things, I feel like, since... Uh, the last episode I could talk about. We did just watch Mean Girls, so maybe we should talk about that. There's a new Mean Girls movie out. It is an adaptation of the Broadway musical, hmm. which in turn is an adaptation of <laughs> 2004's Mean Girls. Is this All of which I believe are written by Tina Fey. Hmm. So it is, it is a remake of Mean Girls for a new generation with a new cast. All the characters are the same. Their names are the same. Tina Fey and Tim Meadows play the same reprise their roles from 2004 Mean Girls. Yes. I heard about this only very recently. It was not on my radar at all that it was coming out. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know there was a Broadway play. And You didn't see it on your Instagram ads? <laughs> I guess not. I feel like I saw a bunch of that. And I was and I, I was like, they're doing another Mean Girls? Wasn't the first one like good enough? Wasn't mm-hmm. it good? But then I saw a little music note next to it. And I was like, what is this? Yeah, a clever little music note Subtle. there. And then the, but uh, it's pretty good. I mean, I, I thought it was, yeah. I had a lot of fun. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it a lot. I thought it was quite funny. We both loved Karen. Yeah, there's a, there's a, the Ugh, new, the new Karen really Smith funny. is very funny. She plays it differently than, than how Amanda Seyfried did. Yeah. I can't say her last name. I apologize. Seyfried? I don't know. Anyway, uh, it's, it's a little different take on the character, but it's, it's very funny. Yeah. I mean, when, once you, she steals the movie. If you, or if you watch this in the beginning, you're like, uh, Karen's kind of weird. Don't know how I feel about this. She gets better. It's like, it's humorous. I don't know that I would say the songs are great. I, 
I like the songs. Um, I liked some of this. I think I like two of them. We talked about. I liked Revenge Party. Mm-hmm. And I like I liked Janice. And apparently, and I just learned this from Annie, uh, she is the voice of Moana, which makes sense why I loved her voice and I thought she was great. So. Yeah, I mean the cast is talented, and there's you know there's enough funny jokes that I was laughing regularly. Yeah, as uh-huh. a reward. I mean the the Achilles heel is obviously that it's the same movie. Yeah, and they say and the same. They exact use a lot things. of the same lines. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's a bit of a deja vu there. I think a lot of people are gonna, you know, just think, well, why are we doing this? We already had Mean Girls. Yeah. You are more of an aficionado of Mean Girls than I am. Mm-hmm. But you didn't didn't bother you. No, it didn't. I mean, but I, oh, you know what? This kind of makes me think of like, this makes me think of the live action Disney movies, like how they remake them. I mean, obviously in a different way because it's not animated to live action, but they say all the same, like all the same lines, the ones that are important basically. And they just make a few tweaks here and there. That's basically what it was like, but it was a musical um, so, I mean, I enjoyed it, but I, I do like the first one better, of course, but I appreciated it because it was a good little blast from the past. Yeah. And for me, Mean Girls is not a sacred text. I do have some attachment to the the cast from that movie, a lot of whom mm-hmm. have gone on to do, you know, much more and have pretty big careers, Rachel McAdams and, uh, and, and such. And uh, you know, I was, I was as big a fan of anybody as of Lindsay Lohan back in the day. Um, so, but, but, appearance in but, it. but the new cast is good uh, for the most part. They do. I mean, Gretchen yeah, Wieners is kind of whatever, but yeah, I didn't really, I didn't really like the Gretchen Wieners, but whatever. You you could do worse. It's a fun movie to go see. Yes. Yes. It was, it was good. And also the boy who is, who played Aaron Samuels was the character, which I don't know his like real name, but he was Conrad from the summer I turned pretty. So that was fun to see like somebody that I recognized from another show, but he didn't really say much. He was whatever. So this is what we're doing now. I mean, you know, it's Oscar season. Probably by the time this is episode is released, the Oscar nominations will have been announced. And but we're we're here talking about Mean Girls because we're already on to twenty twenty four. Yeah, let's, we are. Let's go. Let's go. We're even all behind. But yeah, go watch Mean Girls. Go watch Chef and the Bear and the Menu. Chef is available on Stars. Uh, the menu I think is was it on what HBO Hulu? Max. I think I watched it on Hulu. Okay, it used to be on Max. Maybe it's on Hulu now. Anyway, most of these are available to stream. Uh, yeah, oh, Bears on Hulu. So, yeah, the Bears on Hulu. And again, I'm assuming Ratatouille is going to be on Disney Plus. If anybody wants to mm-hmm. check it out, if you don't already have it, yeah, on if you DVD haven't already seen Ray. it, you mm-hmm. should watch it. Definitely it's wonderful. And yeah, Mean Girls is in theaters now. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. all right. Well, this was fun. Did you do you feel like we? You feel like we we hit all the courses? You know, we got our appetizer, we got our main course. <laughs> yeah, dessert. I think so. I don't know about the dessert. I think we need a waffle ice cream sandwich. Mm, that sounds really good. I'm gonna go get one of those right now. Let's go right now. Bye, y'all. <laughs> Thanks for listening, and we'll hopefully have some. We've got some more ideas for some episodes coming up. Maybe have some guests on. I'm working on that. Uh, I think we'll be. Yeah, let's have some guests. I have some I have some people that are Being you know have a, give us a unique take on some of the movies that we're going to talk about. But uh, we appreciate your patronage as always. You can find us on Instagram at Scenes from a Marriage. 
or you can send us an email. Yeah, reach out to us. Maybe suggest us to watch a movie and then we will podcast on it like we did for this one because Jack asked me to. Jack asked. <laughs> 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 that was a good one. Okay. Pat yourself on the back there. <laughs> podcast at scenesfromamarriage.com is our email address. And if you happen to listen on Apple Podcasts, you can always give us a, a rating and a review. Yeah, definitely give us a give us a little because rating. Basically, Amanda doesn't want to do these podcasts unless she knows <laughs> that we're gaining listenership. I need to know that there are people listening for us to continue to podcast. So we, yeah, it, it's a. So if you want this to keep going, then, uh, review us and talk to us. I know a lot of you already have, so thank you. Thanks, you don't, you mom. You don't have to go do it again. And Tara. Just, yeah. <laughs> if you're just doing it again. And Billy. Okay. All right. Well, uh, that, that's that's our equivalent of dropping the check. So <laughs> if you want to give us a 20% tip. There we go. Have a, take a toothpick on your way out. <laughs>